good morning, everybody, uh, to those here in the sanctuary and, and those on Zoom. Um, it's, it's a real joy to, to have, uh, have all of you here this morning. And uh, yeah, to those of you at home on Zoom or those of you watching later in, uh, on the recording, um, it's wonderful uh, to be together. I have um, one notice that I've been asked to give, uh, which is about the, the prayer meetings and the, the time of fasting that we're being called to over the next three Thursdays. I imagine most of you know about that. Um, it's, it's in the weekly sheet, those of you who have had it by email or those of you who collect it there. Um, I think there was also a separate email going out. Martin uh, spoke about it at the church meeting. We have a number of really urgent needs within the, the church. Um, needs for young families to come in, needs to grow our, our children's work, um, a need for a, a deacon or a, a coordinator for um, administration, all sorts of things. Um, there's four particular things that are, are listed here. And there is an opportunity to gather together for prayer on the, each of the next three Thursdays three times, um, you can come once or three times, twice, whatever is, is um, you, you're being led to. Nine for, till uh, approximately 10, from two till three, and 7.30 till 8.30. And uh, there's, there's a lot in the Bible about fasting. Um, if you think about uh, the disciples trying to cast out evil spirits, and, and Jesus said this type will only come out by prayer and fasting. And, if, if you can, um, we're all being encouraged to, to fast on, on that Thursday. Whatever pattern um, is, is best for you. But obviously not everybody can fast. Um, but if, if you are able to, and uh, yeah, we are being encouraged to do that. So thank you. We're going to be hearing later about prayer. We're going to be hearing about the power of faithful prayer. And we're told in the Bible to be persistent in prayer. And the, the only reason that we can do that, that prayer works, if you like, is because of who God is. We have an amazing God. We have an all-powerful God, an all-caring God, um, a God who is, who is able to answer all our prayers, a God who is willing to, to answer prayers, um, prayers that are in accordance with his will. And, and so I'm going to invite us now to, to come in song and to, to bring praises to that amazing God.
Oh, yes, indeed, he is mighty, and he is able, and he is willing because he loves us. And so I invite you now, with one or two even perhaps, just to speak out words of praise and adoration to our mighty, all-powerful, all-able, all-loving God. Words from James. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God, who gives to all men generously and without reproach. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, tossed by the wind. That person must not suppose that a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways, will receive anything from the Lord. For every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father, with whom there is no variation or change. Amen. Yeah, Lord, thank you that your promises are great. But Lord, you keep your promises. Lord, it may be your timetable is not our timetable. Sometimes we have to wait and persevere. But Lord, thank you that you are the God who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. And that you're the God who keeps his covenant promises. Thank you that all, Father, your promises are yes and amen in Jesus Christ. That he's the fulfillment of all the promises in the Old Testament. And he's the fulfillment of all the promises yet to be. And so, Lord, we just come before you this morning and we worship you. Faithful God, we love you, we honour you, we bow the knee before you. Amen. We thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, as you came in, um, hopefully you saw almost floor to ceiling, large Samaritan's purse boxes, um, each one of them full of shoe boxes. And we've got some shoe boxes here. There's been a lot going on um, behind the scenes here uh, this week. And um, I'm not sure if it's both of you or right, Pauline is going to come and uh, tell us a little bit about what's been going on. And then Martin's going to be praying for the, the shoe boxes. 
there are some occasions when the word thank you seems so inadequate and this is one of them because so much effort has gone into operation christmas child this year we've had people who have knitted and sewn and crafted throughout the year and purchased items to help fill boxes and there are more than 60 boxes here which have been donated by individual people in the church and a further 160 go boxes were filled by a small team of ladies they're among those cartons at the back and we filled those with fillers that had been donated from all sorts of sources throughout the year and we've received some very generous donations to help cover the cost of delivering these shoe boxes these gifts to needy children and they will bring hope and joy and the reassurance to each child that receives one that someone somewhere loves them um, we've had a team manning the foyer to receive shoe boxes our drivers are still out and about collecting from churches and schools in the area and that's part of the results of that labor that we've have come in this week and we hope to take these down to tunbridge wells on friday and if anybody is free on friday morning especially anyone who hasn't got bad knees or a bad back <laughs> their, their help would be very welcome and if you are able to come i mean if we have a team it'll only take us half an hour to load the van if you could have a word with with noel before you go home but please continue to pray for all the staff and the volunteers throughout the country there are thousands of volunteers and there are also the regular staff of samaritan's purse many of them are traveling long distances our southeast area manager he covers the whole of the southeast of england he travels vast distances every single day and many of them work on sociable hours i know we've phoned them quite late sometimes and there's always been somebody on the end of the phone ready to help always cheerful and i think oh my goodness i would have wanted to be home by now but they're still there because they are so dedicated and please keep on praying for the children who are going to receive these boxes as as most of you know if if the circumstances are appropriate they're given a little book called the greatest gift which is the christmas story and following that a lot of churches who are doing the distributions offer the children the chance to do the greatest journey which is a discipleship course but they only do that with their parents permission and there's a couple of copies of the greatest journey on the table in the foyer if you want to know what the children actually do when they follow that course but thank you thanks pauline we're gonna i'm gonna pray for the for the boxes as they as they go um so let's do that now lord we thank you for the team that's been involved here with collecting uh, all of these shoe boxes and lord we we just commit them all now into your hands lord we we thank you for operation christmas child and pray your blessing on the team across the country, on all the drivers and all the admin team and all the volunteers, the packers. Lord, I just pray for your protection 
on these boxes that they would get to where you would have them uh, get to. Lord, we pray for enough drivers uh, to distribute them. We pray, Lord, for safe journey. We pray, Lord, that these boxes would be able to get across borders through the passport and controls of borders, and that, Lord, they would get into the hands of children, and that, Lord, through these boxes, these children would experience your love, your kingdom welcome. And, uh, Lord, we pray for those children that, that will get onto the, uh, the discipleship course, that, Lord, you would take them on a journey to know Jesus Christ together with their families. So, Lord, we, we thank you for this opportunity to, to play a small part in, in this chain. Lord, we just pray that through this operation this year, that people would come to know Christ and his gift of love for them. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Amen. Well, it's, it's time now for uh, Sparks to go out with Jenny and George. Have a good morning and we'll see you later. And um, yeah, we've got, well, everything in the, the service is special. It's all part of our worship to God, but um, there's uh, something particularly joyful that uh, we're about to do now. And uh, that's to, to welcome Kyla into membership. Yeah, thanks. Hi Kyla, if you want to come up here. So we've got still got the Zoom people okay, there to yeah. consider. So. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so if you could just come into shot, that would be yeah, great. Okay. We have to do everything within just shot within of the that. laptop yeah, camera, you know. <laughs> um, what we're doing here today um, is, is about covenant. Um, if marriage, marriage is a covenant relationship. In marriage, a couple make promises to love and care for and support one another and to be faithful to one another throughout their lifetime. And that's done in the presence of God and it's done in the presence of the congregation. And many couples, when they get married today, will ask the congregation, if it's a Christian marriage, to make promises to them, to pray for them and uphold them in their, in their prayers and in their desire to raise their children within a Christian household. And that's what we call a covenant relationship. We make a covenant with God vertically. We, we, we seek his help and support, but we also make a covenant horizontally where we seek to support and pray for and encourage one another. And that's what we're doing here today with, with Kyla. Kyla has sensed a call of God to membership here, to covenant with us before God in loving and supporting one another. So I will ask you as the members of the church to make covenant promises to Kyla, to encourage, strengthen, teach, come alongside, strengthen her in her faith. And Kyla likewise will make covenant promises to live out her Christian faith in the community of this church. So that's what we're, that's what we're doing here today. Um, so Kyla, do you believe that God has called you to serve Jesus Christ as part of this local Baptist church? I do, yeah, Brilliant. really. <laughs> that's good. Kyla, do you commit yourself to love and serve the Lord within this church community and in the world and being filled with the Holy Spirit to fulfill your ministry in the body of Christ? Yeah, absolutely. That's brilliant. Can I invite the members of the church, please, uh, to stand? This is where we make our covenant promises to, uh, to support and love and care for and pray for uh, Kyla as a new member of the body of Christ here today. So members of, of Heatherville Baptist Church, 
Do you promise to love, to encourage, to strengthen, to guide, to pray for and care for Kyla as an equal partner in the body of Christ? We do. That's brilliant. <laughs> so Kyla, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and on behalf of this fellowship, I welcome you into membership of Heatherbell Baptist Church. And there's a membership certificate oh, you. for you. And <laughs> can I ask um, the elders? Sorry, Nigel, I'm going to have to bring. Can you come down yeah. <laughs> and Tony to come and we're going to lay hands on you and, and pray for you. With the, with, with, whether you're a member or not, would you stand with us at this point? Just would you stand if you're able to stand? Would you stand with us? If you're not, that's fine. Just remain seated. We just want to stand with uh, Kyla today as she enters into a covenant relationship with God and with his church. So let's, um, <laughs> she's running around. Do you want to come up behind there, come Nigel, with, yeah. and then we can see you on the camera? Let's pray. Holy Spirit of God, we, we just ask now that you come and fill Kyla afresh with your presence and your power. Thank you, Lord, for the step of obedience that Kyla is taking. Lord, she's heard your call to commit to covenant membership in this church. And Lord, we thank you for this step of obedience. And we ask, Father, that as Kyla takes this step of obedience, Father, would you pour out the gift of your Holy Spirit in her afresh? Fan into flame, Lord, those gifts that you have given her. Lord, we thank you for her creativity. Lord, for, for, the, for the music therapy that you've given her, Lord, for her musical giftings, Lord, for her signing, Lord, for her creativity in, in puppets and in drama. And Lord, she, she's so, so creative and artistic. And Father, we pray that you would fan into flame these gifts yes, yes. and use them for the extension of your kingdom and to build up the body of this church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you that you will build your church. Thank you. And Lord. we thank you that you have drawn Kyla to this place. Yes, Jesus. This fellowship is made up of many parts. And Lord, we are deficient because Kyla wasn't part of us mm. until today. Mm. Amen. And so, Lord, we thank you that she slots in to mm. this jigsaw, yes. which is your pattern, your thank church. You, Lord. And Lord, we know that you have given to her natural gifting and you've given to her spiritual gifting. Mm. And Lord, we look for her to work those out in serving this fellowship and serving this community. Mm. But Lord, as she's stepped forward now, we do pray a blessing upon yes, her. Yes, Lord. You'll encourage her, you'll support her, and you'll just be amazing to her yes, as Jesus. she serves you in different places. Yes, just bless Jesus. her, we pray in Jesus' name. Mm. Amen. Amen. Yes, Father, what a, what a joyful occasion to welcome a new sister into our family here at Heathervale. And we do give thanks for Kyla, Lord. We mm. thank you for uh, the obvious giftings that she brings to this ministry mm. here, Father. Yes. And we would ask that you would bless her, that you would enable her to fully use those gifts in, mm. in this ministry mm. here at Heathervale, Father, amongst our children, amongst our adults and uh, the wider community, Father. We just um, thank you that Kyla has found her identity in you and that she knows that she's loved by you. And Father, uh, we pray that we would also love her as a, a sister in our, in our family here. And uh, I pray, Lord, that she will grow, that she will flourish, that her, her faith will be strengthened and broadened. Mm. And uh, Lord, we would all just be blessed uh, with, by Kyla um, coming into our family and that she will be blessed too. Yes. We thank you for her in Jesus' name. Yeah. Amen. 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 Amen.
Tyler, I just I was reminded as we were praying about um, uh, we're looking this morning at Zechariah and Elizabeth who were very elderly mm -hmm. and God made a really special promise to them. Mm -hmm. And I just sense God has given you a real heart for those who are more mature in age and he's going to use you to bless mm -hmm. uh, the, the vulnerable and the and those who are who are of, of an age, shall we say. And uh, he's given you a compassion and a ministry. A so bless you for that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, maybe you're not a member and you're thinking, well, how do you become a member? Well, first thing, you need to be a Christian. So that's probably still most of you. Um, get baptized. Because, you know, the, the usual way to become a member of a church is to be baptized as a believer into membership. That's how you become a member. And then to commit, as Kyla has done publicly today, to make promises before God and the congregation. So why don't you come and talk to me about baptism and about membership? Um, that would be great. Thank you. Thanks, Alison. Well, we've sung already this morning about God's love, and of course, we've got a, a, just a demonstration here um, of, of how much God loved us, that he gave us his son. And so we're going to, to sing as we lead into communion, and as, as we're singing, could those who are going to be serving communion make their way to the front? Thank you.
Please be seated. And it's because Jesus chose the cross, chose a path of suffering, chose to die to pay the penalty for our sin, which is death, yes. chose to be obedient to the Father, yes. that we give thanks today, we remember his sacrifice. Yes. And as we gather around the table, we remember that Jesus is here, the host. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, his presence is with us. And so we can ask God for strength, for power, for grace, for mercy, for healing, because he is the healer. We invite all who love Jesus to take part in this meal. You don't have to be a member of the church. You don't have to be baptized. You just have to be a follower of Jesus Christ. So please do take the elements. But if you don't feel you can for any reason, maybe you're not a believer yet, or there are particular personal reasons, please do not be embarrassed to let the bread and the wine pass you by. But please do reflect on what these symbols represent. The bread representing the body of Jesus pierced for our sins. The body of Jesus sacrificed to pay the penalty of sin and his blood represented by the juice, the blood of a new covenant relationship, the blood that was shed for the forgiveness of our sins. Mm -hmm. Sally is going to lead us in a prayer of thanksgiving. Father, as we come to this communion table, let us review our lives and confess our failings. Mm. We are sorry, Lord, for, the, for doing wrong yes. and ask your forgiveness. Yes, Lord. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you were obedient to death mm. and through your suffering, we are reconciled with the Father. Thank you. We thank you for this bread and this wine, which are symbols of this reconciliation. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Sally. That was great. Um, as we do with new members, um, Kyla will be served first as a sign of uh, her just coming into membership. So we read of the institution of the Lord's Supper. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you that the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed, he took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So we remember that Jesus took bread and broke it and gave it to his disciples. So we take and eat, remembering and giving thanks for the body of Christ. We remember that after supper, Jesus took the cup and said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. 
Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. We will hold on to our cups and all drink together as a sign of our unity as one family of God. So let us drink with thanksgiving. Jesus is the great high priest who is able to empathize with us in our weaknesses, for he was made human in every way as we are, yet was without sin. So let us then approach the throne of grace with boldness and confidence, seeking the mercy and grace and help and healing of our Savior Jesus. He is uniquely qualified to understand and come alongside us in our weakness, but he is also uniquely qualified as the Son of God to hear and answer our prayers. So as the Spirit leads you, please lead us in praying for the church family here and for those brothers and sisters further afield who need our prayers today. So please lead us as the Spirit leads you.
probably just send for Jane Kessler mm -hmm. just to go vision for her at work and check in there. And if we have to, to help her to do a little preparation, we'll see what happens. Yes. Just encouragement. Lord, we also pray for Pop. We pray, Lord, mm -hmm. that you will bless her and give her the strength to just do so many things for you, Lord. We yes. thank you for her. In yeah. Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Yes, Lord. Father, we continue to pray for Heather. Father, we thank you that she's now home uh, in the care of the family. <clears throat> Lord, we thank you for that measure of healing that has taken place in her life and in her body. But Lord, the job is not complete yet. And so Lord, we would ask that you will send your spirit upon her, mm -hmm. that you will fill her with that measure that's full to overflowing, that as the spirit moves upon her, that uh, he will touch those areas of her body that need a touch. But Lord, we pray a blessing on Heather, for Dave and for Jen and the rest of the family. Mm -hmm. Lord, surround them with your love and your care, we pray in Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. Amen. 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 Lord, as we come around your word, Lord, we're, we, we thank you that your word is living, that your word is powerful, it's a two-edged sword. And Lord, we submit to your word now and we ask, Father, that you would send your Holy Spirit. Speak to us, Father, for we are listening. We are wanting to obey your word. We are wanting to hear from you. We're wanting to encounter you, Lord. We need your voice. We need your comfort your correction, your teaching, your inspiration, your strengthening, your guidance. So come speak to us now, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. We've received two just incredible gifts in the shape of the Son of, of God and his Holy Spirit. Um, before I, we come to the reading, I would also like to, to pray for the offering here. Father God, we thank you. Thank you for those two amazing gifts that uh, just words cannot express our feelings to know that you have given us your Son and given us your Holy Spirit. But Lord, you bless us in so many other ways too. And you have blessed us um, in financial ways and we thank you lord we thank you for our homes we thank you for the food that we have to eat and i just ask that you would bless the the offering what's here in the plate and and what goes straight into the bank accounts lord what we have comes from you and we do ask that you would bless those offerings and that you would guide us in their use um, that your kingdom um, may come here on earth Amen. We're continuing with our uh, series in Luke, and today's reading is Luke chapter 1, from verse 5 to 25. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah, who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. 
His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were upright in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commandments and regulations blamelessly. But they had no children because Elizabeth was barren and they were both well on in years. Once, when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshippers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to give him the name John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. Many of the people of Israel will he bring back to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well on in years. The angel answered, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their proper time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. Father God, we thank you for this series. We thank you for your word. We thank you for what you have given Martin to share with us this morning. And we ask for your blessing on him. We ask for your blessing on his word and on us as we hear. And as we pray so many times, Lord, let us not simply be hearers of the word, but doers of what you say to us. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Alison. Um, so the second in our series, um, good news of great joy from Luke's gospel. Um, I want to speak today about uh, the power of faithful prayer in the lives of Zechariah and Elizabeth. We have three 
prayer meetings coming up over the next three weeks. We believe that um, God has called us as a church to a season of prayer as we come through Advent to seek him for guidance. Um, as Alison mentioned earlier, there's a number of challenges that we face. And when you face challenges, prayer is the first port of call because prayer releases the power of God. And so we encourage all of you, if you're able to come on Thursday, we'll be praying next door in the lounge there. It come at nine, come at two, come at 7.30 or all three, if you like. And uh, we can pray together to seek God's answers. We wanna see our Sunday uh, children's church grow. Uh, we want to see God bring seed, sorry, bring fruit from all the seed that we're sowing in the community with our kingdom tots and our emerge and our um, all of uh, bereavement cafe and coffee stop and all the rest of it. Um, we, we, we're seeking God for the appointing of, of at least one new deacon. We need a new deacon for administration and we need God to speak to us and to reveal who that person should be. So it's a really important priority for us as a church. So set that time aside. And as Alison said, if you're able to fast, my own practice will be um, fasting from breakfast and dinner on the Thursday. So I'll be fasting from Wednesday evening to Thursday evening. But if you have your main meal in the, in the middle of the day, you might wanna fast from Wednesday lunchtime to Thursday lunchtime. So whatever works for you. For some of you, I know that medically you're not able to fast. That's fine, don't fast. I don't wanna be responsible for putting you in hospital. <laughs> so please don't fast if you're not medically able, but do fast if you're able. Fasting is from experience. When we fast, we sharpen our senses to God. And it's a way of saying to God, I want to hear from you more than I want food today. It's a desire, it's a cry to God to hear from him. And my experience of fasting is that God does speak to us. And because our senses are sharpened, we're more in tune with the spirit as we fast. So I'd encourage you to, to try that, even if it's the first time. You could try by just missing one meal if you've never fasted before, but give it a go. Anyway, I wanna to look today at Zechariah and Elizabeth. The good thing about these guys is they're not perfect. Um, and so I get encouragement from people who are not perfect in the Bible. Anybody else? Yeah. Um, they give us three, three lessons. First, they teach us to persevere in prayer, even when God seems silent. Second, their example teaches us to expect to encounter God when we gather to worship and pray. And third, their example teaches us that God answers the prayers of faithful but flawed people. It's good news, isn't it? You don't have to be perfect for God to answer your prayers. You just have to be faithful and willing. So here we go. Number one, first, we need to persevere in prayer even when God seems silent. Um, Zechariah and Elizabeth were from priestly families. They were part of the nation of Israel. They'd been praying for decades for a child. And it seems as though God had not answered their prayer because here they are, they're, they're old. Humanly, it's impossible for them to have a child. It seems that God has passed them by on that particular prayer. This wasn't their only prayer though. They were praying along with other members of faithful Israel for God to restore the glory days of Israel. You remember under King David um, in Jerusalem, Israel enjoyed a time of unprecedented prosperity and peace 
Um, they were powerful as a nation. They had peace from foreign nations. They enjoyed um, God's provision um, and guidance through the law under the days of King David. And God had promised through the prophet that there would always be a king on the throne of David forever. So even when David passed on, God would raise up an ancestor of David who would reign on the throne forever. But here they were now under Roman occupation. The people of Israel were there under Roman occupation, wondering where the glory days have gone. And all of the people were praying that God would come and put his promised ruler, his Messiah King on the throne in the line of David, and that he would restore the glory days of King David and bring about his eternal kingdom. But the reality on the ground was somewhat dif different, wasn't it? They were living in an occupied territory under Roman rule. There were many of the people of Israel had turned away from God and were not following uh, God's covenant. 400 years before this, the prophet Malachi was the last prophet to make a promise. And here it is in Malachi 3 verse 1. See, I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. So 400 years before the Lord spoke through Malachi and said he's going to send a messenger who will prepare the way for the promised Messiah the one who will restore Israel and reign on the throne forever. And Zechariah, Elizabeth, and Simeon, and Anna, who we'll hear about later, and all of the faithful people of the faithful remnant of Israel are praying for this promise to be fulfilled. This, this had been a prayer down through the generations. 400 years, God had not been speaking through a prophet. That's a long time to answer a prayer, isn't it? 400 years. Who could have imagined, not least Zechariah, that when Zechariah was due to go on duty in the temple, that God would not answer just one of his prayers, but both of his prayers. Not only would he have a child with, with Elizabeth in their old age, but this child would be none other than the messenger, John the Baptist, who would prepare the way for God's Messiah King, Jesus. Two prayers in one. After 400 years of silence, it is this moment, Luke wants to show us, that God shows up and answers prayer. Isn't that amazing? Uh, Pete Grieg wrote a book called God on Mute. Sometimes we have to wait and be patient and persevere for answers to prayer. God's timetable is not like our timetable. Have you noticed that? God often shows up at the 11th hour, 59 minutes. He, he just isn't in the rush or isn't in the stress and panic that we're in. His timing is perfect. And it's almost as if God says, will you trust me? <laughs> You're not in control. You never have been. Will you trust me? First lesson we learned from Elizabeth and Zechariah, keep on praying even when God seems silent. Keep on praying. His timing is perfect. Some of you are praying for, for family members to come to know Christ. You've been praying for decades. 
doesn't this passage tell us to keep on? Some of you are praying for reconciliation between family members. Doesn't this passage tell us to keep on praying with faith, even when God seems silent? Some of you are praying for a healing that you believe God has promised you. Doesn't this passage encourage us to keep on praying? The other thing is that Zechariah and Elizabeth are praying for the restoration of God's kingdom. Don't we need to see our nation restored? Don't we need to see the kingdom of God come in power again? When we look at our nation, shouldn't our hearts be yearning and longing and fasting and praying for, for a move of God in this nation that's turned its back on Christ? Shouldn't we, brothers and sisters? This is the sort of prayer that God answers. He answered it for Zechariah and Elizabeth. He, they were praying along with the faithful remnant for God to show up, and God showed up in his perfect timing. We don't know how long we'll need to cry out to God to restore his kingdom in our nation, but we're called to be faithful. We're called to yearn to cry out to long for the kingdom. So let's pray with hunger in our hearts. Second, we should expect to encounter God when we gather in worship and prayer, right? Yes. This is what this passage is saying. Zechariah kind of wasn't really prepared, which seems odd for a priest. But then I think a lot of clergy are not prepared to encounter God. Quite frankly, they don't expect to encounter God on a Sunday morning in their congregation. In the Old Testament, you see, God promised that he would be present in the temple. God promised that in the Holy of Holies, where the high priest went, he would be present there in power, that his Shekinah glory would come. As the priest offered sacrifices and prayed and burnt incest, the glory of God, the glory cloud would come down and the people would know that God was among them in the temple. And do you know what? There were 18,000 scholars reckon priests in the days of Zechariah. So it was unlikely you were going to get a go in the Holy of Holies. So they cast lots and God chose Zechariah. Yippee! It's my go. I'm I'm one of 18,000 and I get to have a go. This was a once in a lifetime opportunity for the priests. They didn't get to do this unless they were chosen by lot and well we know god was behind this don't we it ain't coincidence that elizabeth and mary are relatives right part of the same family god has ordained this he's bringing all this about isn't it funny though that zechariah is so caught out by the presence of god (laughs) mind you i have some sympathy um (laughs) I have to say, verse 11, then an angel of the Lord appeared to him. (laughs) Can you imagine? (laughs) Standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear your son and you are to call him John. No problem with the name book here, is there? (laughs) There's your name. 
Get on with it. As if meeting an angel, the angel Gabriel, by the way, same angel that came to Mary and said, you're going to become pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Wow. Comes and meets Zechariah here. If that wasn't scary enough, can you imagine being told in your old age, you're having a son, by the way? I've heard your prayer. I know you're a beyond childbearing age, but you're going to have a son. Ah, sleepless nights, nappies. You know, I can imagine Zechariah and Elizabeth felt that they were well beyond that, right? You know? They kind of skipped the grandparent and great-grandparent duties straight to parent, didn't they? Went straight there. What's remarkable about this passage is 400 years of silence and God shows up at just the right time when Zechariah gets chosen by Lot to go into the temple. Mmm. Coincidence? God incidents, right? God shows up. Are we expecting for him to show up? Yes. Really? Yes. I reckon our churches would be full if we expected God to show up every Sunday. Seriously. Are we hungry to hear from God? Zechariah was startled, gripped with fear. He kind of, he would have had a theology that God would show up in the temple, but when it actually God did show up, he was kind of caught out completely. I hope you and I are not going to get caught out when God shows up and speaks. I hope you're hungry and expectant to meet with God and to hear from him. Um, they certainly were in the early church. You read Luke's other volume, by the way, is the book of Acts. We read in the book of Acts chapter 2, they devoted themselves, the apostles' teaching, into fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. That's God's presence, isn't it? Yeah. In the church? How expectant are we that God's going to show up when we pray together at a prayer meeting, when we gather in the church? Or do we just kind of think, oh, it's Sunday, I'm on duty, I better go? No, it's not about us. It's not about the duty. It's about gathering to encounter the Holy Spirit, God's presence. It's why we're here. We're here because we need to be transformed by the power of God. We need a vision of God. We need an encounter with God. We need to be transformed by God. God speaks prophetically in a number of ways when his people are listening to him. Are you listening to the prayers that people are praying? They often are prophetic because they're moved. People are moved from the heart to pray those particular prayers. Are you listening to and hearing and reading the words of the songs you're singing? Because God is speaking prophetically through those choices. Our worship leaders don't just go, oh, I wonder, oh, I haven't had this one for a while. They're listening for the spirit. They're choosing songs because God has shown them that those songs are right for that moment, right? Yeah. So listen to the words. Uh, sometimes people pray very prophetically into someone's life. Are we listening? God speaks through, even through sermons and preachers, God speaks. 
do you believe that? <laughs> Out of this book, by the power of the Holy Spirit. God has ordained that there should be heralds who proclaim his word and open up the text and who rebreathe out, this is my essay by the way, who rebreathe out the word of God that's been breathed by God originally by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. That's what prophetic preaching is. It's a rebreathing out the living word of God that's already been spoken with freshness, relevancy, urgency and power to God's people in the moment today. That's my essay. There you go. You got it. But that's how we hear from God. The power of God is at work. Are we expectant, ready? When we come on Thursday, are we going to come having prayed and be expectant that God will speak to us? Come with a pen and paper, or we can provide them. Expect that God will speak to you and write it down, what he says to you. Hand it in. Or when you're there, speak out what God gives to you. There'll be opportunity to listen to God and to share what God is speaking to us. God longs to speak to his people when they gather. Um, in Acts chapter 13, we read this. While they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, that's a prophetic word, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. What was, it, what was the result of that? The gospel spread across the ancient Near East to the Gentiles. Rome, Lystra, Derby, Iconium, Galatia, Thessalonica, and the list goes on. Through those two missionaries being sent out, the gospel went to the ends of the earth, just as God had promised. When God's people pray, God speaks. Are we expecting on Thursday that God will speak to us? He wants to show us the way ahead as a church. Question is, are we listening? He wants to give us words of prophecy. He wants to give us pictures. He wants to speak through songs, through scriptures, through people's prayers. Are we coming with an attitude of being ready to hear him? I hope I'm setting you up with an appetite to pray. Third, lastly, I'm coming in to land. God answers the prayers of faithful but flawed people. If you're flawed this morning, you're in good company with Zechariah. But he was faithful. Um, I got some sympathy with uh, Zechariah. I'm not sure I've done much better, really. What about you? <laughs> Who knows? But, you know, how can I be sure of this? I'm an, old ma I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. Yeah, I, I think I'd have asked something similar, to be honest, if I'm being honest. But actually, there is a reason that God judged him as well and rebuked him and made him mute. He should have believed. He was a priest who had the book and knew the book inside out. He should have known that God has a kind of track record of miraculous births in childless elderly couples, right? Yeah. From the scriptures. Yeah. It's what God does over and over and over again. Abraham and Sarah, 100 years old, 90 years old, give birth to Isaac. Isaac gives birth to Jacob and the other guy who we don't mention. 
Jacob, I'm joking. Seriously, I'm joking. Jacob becomes the father of the 12 tribes of Israel, right? And through the 12 tribes of Israel comes Jesus Christ, the faithful Israelite, through whom the gospel goes out to the ends of the earth. That's a promise being fulfilled, isn't it? Yeah, I could have mentioned Hannah and Elkanah, couldn't I? I could have mentioned um, Samson's parents. All through the Old Testament, we see this pattern where God does the impossible in an elderly couple and his promise of a child is fulfilled time and time and time again. So when God made a promise to Zechariah and Elizabeth, you're going to have a child, they really should have believed it because over and over again, God is the God of the impossible, right? Yeah. And a priest should know better than anybody, right? Yeah. I'm not a priest. <laughs> I think I'll get away with that. So Zechariah wasn't perfect. He doubted. He doubted. And yet, God answered his prayers wonderfully. Do you ever doubt? Nobody's going to say, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. I'll kick my head down. I'm not going to make eye contact. We all have moments of doubt, right? We all have those moments when we go, I hope it's all true, right? Because if it isn't, I'm going to look really silly, right, in my job. <laughs> you know, I hope it's all true. There are those fleeting moments, aren't there? But you know what? Even though we may have doubts from time to time, God answers the prayers of faithful people. Not perfect people, faithful people like Zechariah. He had doubts, but God still answered his prayer. By the way, uh, I should say something um, about the, the fact that he was made, he couldn't speak. When the priest came out of the temple, there were all the people out there praying whilst the priest was inside. He was supposed to be announcing a blessing over the people, right? Yeah. So he can't speak. Mm, you know, he's doing all the, the sign, signs, I can't speak. What was going on? Well, God was saying, because you didn't believe, I'm rebuking you. It's a sign to Zechariah that he should have believed, and it's a sign to all the people outside the temple that God is doing a new miraculous thing. God is, has ended his silence. He's begun Zechariah's silence, but God's silence has ended. The forerunner, John the Baptist, is on the way, and Jesus the Messiah is on the way in the birth of John and Jesus. God is up to something new. He's speaking powerfully, and Zechariah just has to be quiet in the face of all that God is doing. Powerful God is on the move. You know, we don't need to be perfect because there is a perfect and faithful high priest in Jesus Christ who has gone through the curtain of the temple and who has made a living way for us to come and boldly pray. We don't need to be perfect and flawless like Zechariah, because Jesus has borne our sin. He's opened up a new and living way for us to come into the Holy of Holies, the most intimate place where God's presence dwells is in us by the Holy Spirit. And Jesus has opened up a way for you and me in our sin to be forgiven by trusting in him and to enjoy a personal relationship with God through Jesus. 
so we can boldly and confidently approach the throne of grace, says Hebrews, knowing that Jesus has torn the curtain temple from top to bottom. And Jesus says, come on in and enjoy the Father's welcome and presence. Come and boldly pray, because I'm the faithful high priest who prays and lives to intercede for you forever. And I've covered your sin. I've dealt with your sin. You are forgiven. You are righteous. You are cleansed in God's sight. You have every right through Jesus to approach the throne. So come and pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What a savior. Boldly I approach, said Charles Wesley, the eternal throne and claim the crown through Christ my own. Boldly I approach. God loves me so much that he gave his son so that I can approach in prayer. Isn't that amazing? That's how much he wants me to pray. He gave Jesus to allow me to pray. Wow. Shouldn't we be more thankful for prayer, for the privilege of it? I believe God's going to show up when we pray on these next three Thursdays. I believe we need to come with hungry and expectant hearts of faith, ready for an encounter and saying, Lord, speak, your servants are listening. Let's pray. Father God, thank you that you long for us to encounter you in your power and glory. And I pray, Father, that the church would gather on Thursday with expectant faith. Lord, speak to us. We, we, we long to hear your voice. We long for more of your power and presence among us. So, Father, come and visit us with your salvation. Come and send your spirit as we pray. And even now, Lord, send, give us a hunger for your kingdom, a hunger for prayer. A hun Lord, help those who are struggling to persevere in unanswered prayer to stay with it, to be faithful and to persevere until they see those prayers answered. Lord, I pray for those struggling today, for family members in prayer. Lord, help them to persevere. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you, Martin. Our closing song, I think, affirms what Martin's just been saying there, that we can come before God. And we can come before God because of Jesus. We can come before God trusting that he hears our prayers, he answers our prayers, and that we can come before God because he loves us so much.
Father God, what an understatement that is, how good it is to be loved by you. We thank you for your love for each one of us. We thank you that Jesus came and died for each one of us. We thank you for the privilege of prayer. We thank you that we can come before you. We thank that you know everything about us. You, you just love us so much. There's nothing that you cannot deal with. Lord God, would you help us to, to remain faithful in prayer? Help us to trust in you because you've never forsaken those who seek you. Yes, Lord. Oh Lord, keep us faithful. Yes, Lord. Even when, as we've heard, you seem to be silent. Yes. Keep us trusting in you and faithful in prayer. And we thank you for that enormous privilege of being able to come before you in prayer. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. Do please join us for tea and coffee next door in the lounge. Um, if you would like prayer, if you would like somebody to pray with you for anything this morning, do please stay in the sanctuary and somebody will, will come and pray with you. And uh, thank you. And thank you to everybody who's made uh, this morning possible.